to Cactus Pod, and today we have a very special guest with us, my father, Winfred Barr, who is a retired territory manager for the Internal Revenue Service. Dad, welcome to the show. Hello. It is such a pleasure having you today. How has your day been? It's a beautiful day. Sun is shining. It couldn't be no more than 62 degrees outside. Perfect. Just a beautiful day. I call this my San Diego weather. <laughs> because San Diego is one of the places that you travel to. That I travel to and that the weather is pretty much between this and 72 year round. Oh, wow. Wow. That sounds like dream weather. So, Dad, we're, we're so glad to have you on the show today. What we want to know about is... A little bit about your background, because I know that you have a remarkable story from growing up with you. And so can you first just tell us a little bit about your childhood? Started out in Rockingham, North Carolina. That's where I was birthed on a street called Washington Street, of all names. <laughs> but, um, we left Rockingham. My mother left Rockingham with uh, four of my siblings. Oh, wow. Five children. As far as that's concerned. Went from Rockingham to High Point, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And arriving in High Point, North Carolina, you had um, my mother, brother Larry, sister Peggy, sister Joyce, sister Faye, mm-hmm. and our aunt, Bobby Jean. We made the uh, transition to High Point, and High Point was good to us. It was good to us. We lived in a one-bedroom apartment. You had the living room, the bedroom, and the kitchen. That's really interesting, Dad. Um, mm-hmm. So going back, so, so when you first moved to High Point, it was you, your four siblings, and your mom. And mm-hmm. so living in your apartment, you say it was a one-bedroom apartment, with four yes. siblings, what what was that like? You know, uh, we all slept, all my siblings, we all slept in one bed. Oh, wow. And so uh, I can remember uh, having uh, dinner one evening, and, and we, were ha- we were having bologna sandwiches. Really? And I can remember my mom... Uh, having words with Larry because Larry was the oldest, but yet Larry had ate up just about all of the baloney. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he was, he was crying, but guess what? What? In between tears, he was still chewing on that baloney. <laughs> 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 so that, that's an experience. 
that's, that stands out. <laughs> oh, that is so interesting because, you know, for the most part, it, it sounds like your mom, it sounds like you were, you were raised by a single mom. Yes. Yes. And, 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 and very strong. She, she never exhibited any signs of fear. Wow. And I'm going to tell you, Mariel, she dedicated her life to us. Wow. I mean, that, that, that was what she did, and she did it well. I can remember whenever she, her earnings were $25 a week. Mm-hmm. Now, can you imagine having five children and a maid's job earning $25 a week? Wow. Wow. It sounds like, you know, you grew up with your four siblings, your mom, and even though you were living in your one-bedroom apartment, you had support. You were you were a close-knit family. You were a close-knit family. Yes, felt felt loved. So, so dad, let me ask you, how old were you when you started to think about what you wanted to do? for a living or when you grew up? You know, we moved from Laughlin Street to uh, 1717 B. Leonard Street. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I would have been somewhere in the neighborhood of about five. Mm-hmm. And 1717 B. Leonard Street was a step up because now, excuse me, we had a brand new two-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm that uh, we didn't have central heat and air, but we did have central heat. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Leonard Street, you know, everybody pretty much got along, and it was there that I began to, to want to be someone, to want to be somebody, to want to do something. Mm-hmm. And I started reading. And, well, I just didn't start reading my sister, Joyce, whenever we would have summer days, Joyce would make Faye and I, which were, Faye is my younger sibling, Joyce would make Faye and I walk to the library up on 4th Street, which is adjacent to Washington Street. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty good walk, but in that process... I uh, I developed uh, an interest in reading, and not just reading, but reading autobiographies. Oh, and wow. so I got to reading about the lives of, of famous men, primarily mm-hmm. women, but that's what I did. Yeah. Oh, wow. So how old were you when you held your first job? Uh... Well, I took on a paper route whenever I was like about 11. And what happened with the paper route is that the route manager didn't want to give me a route. He said I was too small. But I kept, (laughs) you know, I I kept asking him about it. So finally, he got got a little frustrated with me. He said, he said, I'll tell you what, boy. He said, you take this piece of paper. Mm -hmm. He said, you get the customers and I'll furnish the papers. Well, I went out that weekend, and I got like maybe 18 to 20 customers. He couldn't wow. believe it. 
Wow. So I started a paper route. They didn't give me a paper route. <laughs> I started one. And there was a contest going on, and I didn't know anything about the contest. But at the end of the day, by the end of the first month of me uh, delivering papers on my newly created route, not only had I gotten compensated for delivering the papers, mm -hmm. but I had won a five-day all-expense-paid trip to uh, Washington and New York City. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Yeah. So this and, is, keep going, Dad. Keep going. And it was, a, it, it was a great experience. And one of the fun parts was knowing that Larry was having to deliver my papers <laughs> while I was away on this all-expense-paid trip. Now, mind you, on this trip, uh, I was probably the youngest in the group. Okay. And, and I also should note that we were living in High Point. Well, I was selling and delivering Winston-Salem Journal papers. Oh, wow. So just imagine trying to sell a paper to a citizen <laughs> in my point. A Winston-Salem paper. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I did, and uh, that, was a, that was a great experience. And during that trip to, to Washington and New York, whenever I left home, I had $5 in my pocket. Oh, wow. In a brownie camera. I'll never forget it. Whenever we returned after the five days, yes. I had change. Oh, wow, I Dad. I still had not spent all of my money. So it sounds to me, Dad, like you, at this point, at, at, a, at the young age of 11, you may not have known what you wanted to do, but you were persistent in whatever it is that you decided to do. You had this... Very much, very much so. But check this out. I did want to be a, a professional singer. You know, I wanted to be dancing. <laughs> 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 but I'm going to tell you now, I had some common sense about me. Because I had friends... Not only did they want to be like James Brown, but they could dance like him. They could get up on one leg and whip across that stage and, and split and double split and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll be a drummer. How about that? <laughs> oh, that is so funny, Dad. So, so tell me, Dad, you mentioned that Aunt Joyce did some reading with you. Um, were there any other role models in your life or mentors in your life that you had at that time? You know, Marielle, th there was just so many. And the reason I say that there was so many is that my friends had a name that they called me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the name that they called me was Professor. Okay. Now, now they could have called me Pookie, Smell, Stink. So they could have called me a lot of things, but they <laughs> called me professor. And so it was like a, a higher standard. It's, mm -hmm. it's like my community always showed me love. And they, for some reason, they had this, um, this wherewithal mm -hmm. that, that I was smart. Mm -hmm. And that somehow they recognized that I was different. I didn't know it. 
but it was just the way that they treated me and the names that they labeled on me. Oh, wow. Wow. That is, that is really something to think about that the treatment by the community could have been something to show you that you had more to offer. Yeah. I mean, even in my speech, they Mm -hmm. would say, uh, I would talk like Mm so-and-so, so-and-so other than someone that was from our community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and then if my friends was getting ready to get involved in some mischief mm-hmm. and they knew it was something that I should not be a part of, they'll say, Professor, you got to go. You can't go with us. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. And it was that kind of thing. And this is a thing that's among peers, you know? Yeah. Most of the, t- most of the time your peers, especially when you're that age, when you are 10, 11, and 12, your peers... They don't be knowing nothing. So that is really heartwarming to think that because they had higher expectations of you, they protected you from other decisions that may not have been the best. Yeah, exactly. That's really something. That's really something. So, so dad, we're going to fast forward a little bit and, you know, we want to talk about what your teenage years were like, because I know that at a certain point you became, you went from, from professor for a moment and you became a teenage father of two children. <laughs> you got there awful quick. <laughs> we got there pretty quickly. Great. The, one thing I'd like to reference is uh, integration occurred in 1969, uh, 71. In 1969, they brought um, white teachers over to Griffin Junior High School mm-hmm. so that we, the students, could be acquainted with having white instructors. Mm-hmm. In 1970, they actually sent us to the white schools mm-hmm. and whites to black schools as well. So that put me over at uh, Northeast Junior High School as a ninth grader. And there I became the class clown. Mm-hmm. And, and why uh, was that? Why did you, how did you become the class clown? Uh, a, 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 a loss of direction. Mm-hmm. It's like, for an example, whenever we were at Griffin, I had instructors that not only knew me, they oh, cared nice. about me. Mm-hmm. And then I had that supporting cast that we discussed. Mm-hmm. Whenever I got to Northeast, my cast is gone. That 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 family support's not there. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, I've got these white instructors that didn't understand me, and I didn't always understand them. So mm-hmm. my out was that of becoming the class clown. I was a jokester, you know. I'm yeah. always telling jokes and laughing and. Now, I'm not taking care of assignments and this kind of thing. And this went on all the way through high school, except for my senior year. Mm-hmm. Whenever I recognized that uh, I'm going to have to do better. And I'm trying to just kind of reflect back one moment during that time 
Where did motivation come from? Well, we moved from Leonard Street to, to Hillburn, 2508 Hillburn, and that was good. Mm-hmm. And there, again, I carried the role of a leader in the community. So, so Dad, where, at what point did the motivation kick in? Was it, you know after the birth of your your first child or once you were you're graduating high school what is it that motivated you to move forward and do better well check this out i thought like i was going to have to quit school Mm -hmm. because i couldn't figure out how i was going to make a car note and support a baby too And so I had to work. And I was working in the uh, fast food industry. And, you know, I would work. And then by the time I graduated from high school, which I barely, barely made it out, I'm not going to mention that GPA, but you know what it was. I've mentioned it to you in the past. Yes, I do. But uh, once I graduated, I was working at Bonanza Sirloin Pit, and I was working 60 to 70 hours a week. And I have a picture of this where I've got a wheelbarrow and my shirt off and I'm moving dirt because we're trying to get the landscape together in order to open up this restaurant. Mm -hmm. And then I had a steel voice say to me, Winford, if you're doing this today, you'll be doing it tomorrow. That was it. The skies didn't roll back. The lightning didn't thunder. It was just, if you were doing this today, you'll be doing it tomorrow. And so I spoke with my manager and request some time off for the next day. And I went out to Gifford Tech and I filled out an application and they informed me then that they were going to be having a placement test. It was either that Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I took the placement test and I got the results. And they said to me, they said, look, you need developmental reading, developmental math, and developmental English. Mm-hmm. And I said to them that they didn't tell me anything I didn't already know. But nevertheless, they gave us another placement test on the first day. Oh, wow. And what I did was I took and uh, I scored uh, uh, I scored above average mm-hmm. for the reading and for the comprehension. I scored a sophomore plus. Oh wow! And so, uh, and and that's at the college level. That's not high school. That's at the college level. We're gonna take it back a step and remind listeners that at this time you had two children. And were were you married by this time? Did you have, were you married at this time? Or no. Did, okay. <laughs> no, I had, I had children, okay. So you had two children and you were trying to make your way through community college. Yeah. Wow. And, and I had a brand new car. And so from there, <laughs> you, you, so, so from there, dad, you went, because you went from GTCC and you ended up 
graduating from Winston-Salem State University. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. And, 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 and mind you, prior to uh, when I was at Guilford Tech, I became the treasurer of student government. And when I was in high school, I wasn't active in student government, but uh, going to Guilford Tech, uh, I mean, my interest in student government was ignited. The first year I was a representative. The second year I served as treasurer. And um, one of my proudest awards was me receiving outstanding uh, leadership plaque from, uh, from Gifford Tech. And this is going back to 1976. So, Dad. Mm-hmm. This. That's interesting that you served as treasurer for student government um, because, you know, to me, that seems somewhat related to what you did for a career. <laughs> yes, I tell you what, uh, in, in, in that regard, in terms of accounting is concerned, mm-hmm. whenever I was in, I was in a uh, Accounting Principles 1 class. Me and one of my, one of the, I ain't going to call him a buddy. It was just the guy that I had met. <laughs> and uh, we were talking one day. And uh, I said to him, I said, I said, you know, I said, we need to specialize. I said, uh, business administration in and of itself is not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. So we agreed that we would major in accounting. Wow. Well, before two months went by, that joker had dropped out of class. <laughs> so you were the only one left. Oh. I was the only, I was I was the only one left. Mm-hmm. But I was committed to it. And accounting it quieted me down inside. Uh, oh wow. It, it's an unbelievable thing, but I would spend hours studying because accounting is the kind of thing you have to learn it. Mm-hmm. You know, it don't it don't come by osmosis, and mm-hmm. it's not something that you're gonna just know naturally. But you have to literally learn it. And mm-hmm. I committed myself to uh, to learning it. And by all means, everything about education had changed. Coming from from high school to Gifford Tech, I wanted this. Mm-hmm. And, and in high school, I, I didn't I didn't care. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden now I can see the world and I can see the responsibilities. And so I wanted to um, to pursue this accounting, which is, by the grace of God, what I did. Thank you so much, Dad, for, for sharing, um, you know, the details of your background, where you've come from, and how you ended up pursuing accounting. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and discuss what my father did next after he achieved his accounting degree. For those of you who are listening for the first time, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. If you have any questions that you'd love to communicate to us at Cactus Pod, please email askcactuspod at gmail.com. Thank you again. We look forward to having you back next episode.